staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Now you may think, well, if God wanted her to be healed, if God wanted her to be healed, he's gonna heal her. If God doesn't want her to be healed, then why does God say, ask? You don't need to ask if he's gonna do whatever he whatever he decides to do. No, you don't have to. No, he said, ask and it shall be given. Amen. 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 Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. That ought to be your same attitude. You know, Christians are always relating to the person who's sick. The first time, now look, we read a scripture like this, and unconsciously, we're the person laying at home paralyzed. Oh, I hope Jesus come and heal me. No, you're supposed to be identifying with Jesus. You're the person folks are coming to to get healing. You're the person folks are trying to get to to say, this is a man of faith, this is a woman of faith. If I can get to him and, I can, and they'll pray for me, I know we'll get some results. That's, that ought to be our attitude, amen? Amen, amen. amen. Not, not, not identify with the one laying up on a bed of affliction. Now look, the Bible says many of the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers them out of them all. We understand that. But that's not your identity. You're not identity as the sick, the broke, the busted, the disgusted. Your identity is the triumphant. Say, so he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors through him that love. I believe this stuff, do you? I believe it. Glory to God, hallelujah. I told some of you, I, I, I shared now, but I, about four, four years ago, uh, I got diagnosed with a, with a very, very rare tumor. And most of you don't know it because I ain't saying anything about it, but that thing grew about the size of a grapefruit on my chest. And I went to see the doctor, and they would give me all this kind of medicine. What, and, you know, I'll tell you don't, you, don't these commercials when they come on television, they say, you need to take this for your malady. And then they have a long list. Now, it might kill you. It might, it might make you cripple. It might cause you to have a heart attack. You might go blind. You might not be able to speak anymore. But other than that, it's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and you want me to take that mess? <laughs> well, they gave me some stuff. And, and I, I was home one day, and Jackson looked at me, she said, you know, your skin is lighter. I looked at me, I said, my skin's not lighter. I said, my skin's not lighter. I said, you look at some of those pictures of me. My skin lightens in the, in the wintertime and darkens. I said, no, nah, my skin's not lighter. She said, mm-hmm. So one day, I'm, I'm in there washing my hands or something, looked at my hands from, from my fingers down, all, I mean, almost white, almost white. And I said, these folk already accused me of trying to be white. The last thing in the world I need is for my skin to be lightening. <laughs> then they'll know, they said, mm-hmm, yeah. He, he taking some skin cream, because that's what he wants anyway. <laughs> I told doctor, I said, I can't take that stuff no more. I said, I ain't taking that no more. <laughs> you know, I ain't taking that no more. He said, well, let me find, I said, you know what, doc? I said, I, let, let's forget about that. I said, I'm, I'm just going to trust God. And the doctor, he looked at me, all weird, strange. And I said, I mean, what? And I've never shared this before. I don't even think I told my wife this because I didn't want to say it. But I said, well, look, it's, it's a non-malignant tumor. I said, what's the worst that can happen? He said, you could die from it. That's what he said. I mean, he literally looked at me. You could die from it. He said, it'll probably be what kills you. And I said to him, I said, but my understanding is that there are those rare cases of spontaneous regression where for unknown, unexpected, um, unpredictable 
um, reasons, the thing just shrinks and goes away. He looked at me and said, I've never seen it. Well, guess what? He's seen it now. He's seen it now. Because look, saints, they were telling me, here's what we got to do. We got to take out your right rib cage, and we'll take some skin off your back, and we'll try to, we'll put artificial ribs in you, and we'll put some, we'll have to take some skin grafts off other parts of your body and build your chest up. He said, you're going to walk a little crooked because you won't have the same balance on this side as you got on that side. And I'm serious, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you gave me these ribs, and I'm gonna have them when I leave here. I ain't having nobody put no plastic in my body for no ribs. I'm gonna have the same ribs when I leave here that I had when I came here. And I began to speak to that thing and take authority over that thing and believe God, and I've been measured every time. I mean, it just started to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. Saints, that's the power of God. Now, but here's the thing you need to understand. What if somebody who has that situation is going to a church where they tell them, well, now, you know, we have to be realistic. And, you know, God may have allowed that to happen to you for a reason. And, you know, medicine has come a long way now. You know, they're, they're, they're gonna probably put the finest titanium steel in your ribs. You're gonna be, you have better ribs than you had before. And I, I look, I told this doctor, I said, Doc, I said, I hear what you're saying. I said, but I don't feel right about that operation. And I'm not having, and I believe the spirit of God moved on him. And, and, and he said this, he said, well, you know what? I'm not going to press it. He said, because there was a man that I was supposed to operate on that had a heart condition. I kept telling him, you got to let me do this operation. You got to let me do it. And he kept saying, Doc, I don't feel right about it. I just don't feel good about it. And he said, look, if you don't have this operation, you're going to die. He said, Doc, I just don't feel right about it. He said, but I kept beating on him and beating on him. He said, he finally had the operation laid on the operating table and died. He said, and I realized maybe he knew something I didn't know. He said, so I'm not going to push it. He didn't know. It didn't matter to me whether he pushed it or not. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> he, he, he didn't know Bishop E.W. Jackson. <laughs> he didn't know. I care what he said. <laughs> Amen. I'll put my trust in Almighty God. But saints, but, but so you have to, you, look, you have to be committed to this idea that God wants to heal you. Amen. And confident about it. Amen. I don't care what, I don't care what happens. Now look, you've got to use the wisdom of God. If I really felt in my heart, in my spirit, that God said, son, this is something you got to do for whatever reason, I'd have done it. But I didn't hear God saying that to me at all. Amen? Not at all. I said, you make big decisions like that, you got to have a sense of conviction in your heart. Don't just say, well, I'm not doing it. Bishop Jackson said he wasn't doing it. He didn't do it. I'm not going to do it either. But if you ain't in the world, you'll have to lay up there and die. So you better get right in the word and, and make sure that you're doing based on what the word is saying to you, what God is saying to you, and what, and what you, look, saints, everybody's not at the same level of faith. Amen. What I'm trying to do is get your level of faith up. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I'm trying to get your level of faith up so that whatever comes against you, you're ready to deal with it. Amen. 
And if you feel like you're not, what you need to do is come to me and we need to pray about it. Maybe you need to, if it's possible, if it's appropriate, share it with the church so we can come in agreement with you and you get some, you get some saints standing with you in agreement, amen? Buttressing you, building you up, amen? amen. Glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah. I had somebody not too long ago have an operation, didn't talk to me about it until it was over. And I think it, 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 it presented a major problem. I think it, made, it, it created a major problem. See, but, but you know, I always say this, this is a little footnote for you all. People only don't come to me when they're afraid that I might tell them, not, not tell them what they want to hear. When they already got in their mind what they want to do and they figure, now Bishop might not be in agreement. Then they tell me afterwards. Bishop, you know the Lord spoke to me. Uh-huh. If he really spoke to you, you'd come to me and I'd bear witness with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Don't, look, doctors are not your salvation. God is. Nothing wrong with using doctors. I never ever oppose saying going to the doctor. But you've got to use the wisdom of God because doctors only know a little bit. Amen? Amen. 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 Glory to God. Because look, I, cause I, as an aside, I believe the problem was created by something a doctor asked me to do. It wasn't, it wasn't any big thing, but I think it, it, it set me up for what happened. Because I don't have that stuff in my family. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you've got to always use the wisdom of God. All right. Praise the Lord. Now go to, uh, well, let me see. Where are we here? Uh, let's, let's, let's. Here's the other thing. This man understood Jesus had authority. You have authority. Luke chapter 10, we've already read it. Luke chapter 10 says, I give you authority to trample on all the power of the enemy. Now, Jesus has given you that. Amen? Amen. Now, if you don't want to use it or you're not in touch with it or you don't understand it, okay, well, then Satan will take advantage of you, right? Of course he will. If you don't know, he'll, he'll run over just like, just like in life itself. If you don't know what your rights are, you, you'll just be run over top of. So you've got to know who you are and know the authority that you have. Amen? Amen? And notice this. Jesus said, many will come from the east, the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was there talking about the Jews who should be in the kingdom, staying out of it because they have no faith. Because they wouldn't put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now that's what he's talking about there. But I believe you can extrapolate from this and say, Christians who ought to be healed, not getting healed, because they don't have faith for it. We're supposed to be getting healed, but we're not getting healed because we don't have the faith to get healed. Well, you know, in some churches they're teaching people that, they don't, that God doesn't heal anymore. I mean, now think about that. That to me is ministry malpractice. To be teaching people God doesn't heal anymore. I mean, what, what kind of mess is that? You know, they say, well, you know, after the apostles died. And I say, well, wait, show me the verse. Show me the verse where it tells you. I mean, I know what Malachi 3 says, God changes not. I know what Hebrews uh, 13 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So show me where it says, except he stopped healing after the apostle Paul died. It's not in there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, so healing is really a calling card for unsaved people to let them know God loves them, God wants to help them, and he will help them, but that in order to have access to that, they need to surrender their lives to him. The whole point of you helping someone who is unsaved to get healed is so you can say to them, it's no secret what God can do. What he'll do for me, he'll do for you too. You just have to put your faith in him, amen? 
Amen. Amen. Saints, because this is the question, isn't it? What is reality? What is reality? What is it? What is the ultimate reality? I love this country. I believe it's the finest nation on earth, the best place in the world to live, but it ain't perfect. It's got its problems. Okay? We have a capitalist system here, a free market economy, where you can, you can provide something in the marketplace that people want and need, and you can earn a living depending on how much of a demand there is for what you're offering, right? Amen. Depending on how we, we just, I, I don't know whether you all heard it, um, but uh, uh, Ben Carson, uh, we found out because of course he's been a private citizen until now. But Ben Carson, based on his his surgical uh, earnings and the books he's written over the last 20, 25 years is worth twenty six million dollars. Man's got money. He's got money. The government didn't give it to him. He earned it because he put something out there. Uh, gifted hands uh, and other books that people love. Movies were made off of them. He made money off of the movies. He put something out into the marketplace that people wanted, and as a result, he was rewarded for it. Amen? Amen. But saints, capitalism is not ultimate reality. That's a system that's been devised as a way of distributing goods and services. I think it's the best one on earth, but it ain't the kingdom. That's not ultimate reality. See, ultimate reality is that we are all serving God and the resources are so abundant that nobody has to trade anything. Nobody has any need for anything. Nobody is trying to get something from somebody else. Capitalism is based on this theory. You need something, I've got it. You give me something I want and I give you something you want and we will both walk away happy. Right? Amen. Amen. That's, that's the basis of the system. But the kingdom of God is not based on that. That's not the reality of the kingdom of God because the reality of the kingdom of God is I don't need anything you've got. You don't need anything I've got. What we share, we give. There's no selfishness. Amen? There's no attempt to exploit anybody, manipulate anybody, use anybody, benefit off of anybody in some inappropriate way. Capitalism can be abused. Amen? And we know the other systems in life can what is ultimately reality? Ultimate reality is Jesus Christ as king over the kingdom of God. That is ultimate reality, amen? I love my country, but, but look, I understand that America is a, an imperfect construct in an imperfect world. I owe my first allegiance to Jesus. The Bible says we are citizens of heaven. Doesn't it say that? We are citizens of heaven ultimately, amen? Amen, amen, hallelujah. And that's what we have to give ourselves to, that reality. That reality says God heals. God delivers, God saves, amen? Amen, amen. amen. I can't believe how much time has gone by. Go, go, to John, go to John chapter four, amen. But I'm having a good time, I hope you are. Praise God, praise God. John chapter four, well, you know what, don't go there, just, just hold up. It, but in John chapter four, you can read it later, it's where the nobleman's son is healed. This is a nobleman, once again, somebody who's apparently not part of the covenant. And when he went back, he said, at what, what point was he healed? And they said, the same hour that Jesus spoke the word. Amen? Amen. Because this man wanted to know, wait a minute, you, this wasn't a coincidence, was it? See, you need to prove to people that God's power is at work in the earth today. And if you don't prove it, how are they going to know it? Amen? Amen? Amen. I know that's a big charge, but you can handle it. God called you to it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Listen, when someone, this nobleman's son was sick, you mean to tell me some sinner out there has got a sick child and you go lay hands on that child and pray for that child and the next day that child is up and around? You mean to tell me that person's not going to look at you and go, huh? How'd that work? And you, you mean to tell me that's not going to be an opportunity for you to say, Jesus. Jesus. That's how it worked. See, look, saints, think of this. There's no doctrine of healing in Islam. There's no doctrine of healing in Islam. There's a doctrine of violence. Doctrine of hatred of Jews. A doctrine of the worldwide caliphate controlling everything and everybody. But there's no doctrine of healing. Because they don't have an understanding of the kingdom of God as we do. We know the kingdom of God. There is no death. There is no dying. There is no sickness. There is no pain. No crime. No problems. And the kingdom of God is supposed to insert itself into time and space in the world and show people this is a sample of what God has in mind. Amen? Amen. 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 And you're charged with the responsibility for doing it. Now think about this, saints. How in the world... If I can't get healed, how in the world can I be with confidence say, yeah, my friend's father lost two or three pints of blood. Forget how much. They're already, you know, almost ready to just write him off. He's going to be healed. If I can't get healed, how in the world can I say that about somebody else? Let me tell you something that you ought to know. It is easier for you to get healed than it is for you to get somebody else healed. You know why? Because you can control what you're saying, what you're doing, and what you're believing. You can't control that in somebody else. Saints, don't ever let the devil convince you because somebody you know, man, I saw that saint get up and get dressed and go to church every Sunday morning and they got cancer and died. So, what does that mean? You don't know what they were believing. You don't know what they were saying. You don't know what people around them were saying. You don't know what was happening in their life. But you can control what's happening in yours. See, so you can knuckle down. You can't, you can't make them turn off the television and get in the Word, but you can make yourself do that. Amen? You can't make them stop talking negative, but you can make yourself do that. Well, something comes down on you every day of your life. Every time you think, you all say, Lord, thank you for my healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for my complete and total deliverance from that thing. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. See, then when you understand your ability to get yourself healed by the power of God, then you can help somebody else. Because you know it works. See, when people tell me, well, God's not healing anymore, I laugh at them. I mean, that's so dumb to me, I don't even know what to say. Because that's just dumb to me. I've been healed too many times by the power of God. I know better. First time I went to Israel, I was walking up in those hills in Israel and sprained my ankle. I got back to my hotel room, my ankle swelled up like that. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in Israel. I got all kinds of walking to do. And I got a sprain. I mean, it was bad. I got a sprained ankle. I said, Lord, this can't stand. This game, I, I bent over, I put my hands on my ankle, and I commanded it to be healed, commanded the swelling to go down. I laid down, I woke up about an hour and a half later. Man, that thing was still hurting. I got up, I put my hands on it again, I commanded that thing, be healed, be whole, be well, and that thing was still hurting. About an hour or so later, I woke up, it was still hurting, but it wasn't as bad. 
I laid hands on it again. I said, in the name of Jesus, you be healed, you be whole, you be well. I must have done that three or four or five times that night. When I woke up that morning, my ankle was not swelled up and I was able to walk just like I'd never sprained my ankle. Now, what if somebody else who was traveling with me had had that happen? I couldn't have done that for them all night. I ain't gonna stay up and lay my hands on no man's ankle all night long or anything else. They have to do it for themselves. But what if they don't want to do that? Guess what would happen the next morning? I can't go out. My ankle's, my ankle's hurting me. Are you, seeing what I'm, are you getting what I'm saying? In other words, you've got to know that this is available to you and then take it. You've got to take hold of it. It's not going to work automatically. It's not going to happen automatically for you. Amen? But if you will apply your faith to it, it will work in your behalf. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, so when, when somebody's loved one gets sick, and you do for them what doctors aren't able to do. When someone is, is, is down and out and you pray for them and things begin to happen, guess what? You've opened their heart up. Look, we, we know everybody, look, miracles can happen in people's lives, they can still reject God. We saw it in the Bible. We know that. But Jesus didn't stop doing them. I mean, some people, when he, had, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, instead of the scribes and Pharisees saying, well, that's it, we know he's the son of God. No, they said, now that's it. We got to kill him now. So we know that not everybody's going to get saved as a result. But Jesus didn't stop healing. He kept doing it because it was a testament to those whose hearts were at least open that God was moving in their lives. Amen. You got to have the same attitude. You got to believe and know that God wants to use you. Every single one of you probably in this room, if you, if you don't know now, probably in the next week, two weeks, a month, somebody will come across your path who is sick. You got to take this message and put it to work and say like Jesus said, oh, really? Yeah, God will heal you. Glory to God. Let me pray for you. Glory to God. God will take care of that thing. Amen. Glory to God. You, but, but look, saints, you got to understand there are forces. I've said this before. You're not in a vacuum. There are forces against you. That's why you got to take a bold, strong stand because Satan ain't backing down just on his own. He, he, you, you got to make him back down. You got to make him back up. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, I, we could get into it next week, but, but when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, think about this. Jairus comes to Jesus. Jesus is thrown by a crowd. They're all around him, and he comes desperate. My daughter's dead. My daughter's, my daughter's dying. He said, my daughter's dying. She's, she's dreadfully sick. And Jesus can barely move because the Bible says he's thrown by a crowd. So that means when Jesus says, I'll come, I'll come and heal her. Can you hurry it up? I mean, isn't that what we think? Lord, I prayed this morning for that. You got to have some patience. You got to be willing to come back to that thing again and again. Because he goes to Jesus, he finds him, he's thrown by a crowd. And I, I've got to believe, because I know what I would be thinking. My daughter's sick. Will you all leave him alone so he can come to my house? Let's get there right now. And then, instead of that happening along the way, some woman comes and grabs the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops. And I guess Jairus is saying, oh, no. And you know what he's thinking? She ain't even got no business out in public. She's bleeding. She ain't got no business out here. And he done stopped for her now. And while that's happening, shortly after that happened, 
don't bother the master, your daughter's dead. Oh my goodness gracious, and Jesus knew it. He turned and said, don't be afraid, only believe. And I believe he said it just like that to cut that fear off, cut that doubt off, cut that unbelief off. You gotta cut that mess off in your own life because that's what's in the way of your healing and the healing of others, doubt and unbelief. Well, I don't know, you know, I prayed, but you gotta be relentless about this thing. Amen. Jesus said, do not fear. Only believe, and I, I really believe that when he said that, he must have said it so forcefully that Jairus kind of jerked up and said, wow. Because he didn't say another word. Didn't say another word as Jesus, through the crowd, finally though, he stopped and told the crowd, by the way, stay back. Y'all read that, he said? He made everybody stop except Jairus, Peter, James, and John. He wouldn't let anybody else follow him. You know, part of your problem can be the people around you speaking stuff that is ungodly, Amen. that is contrary to the word of God. So you got to cut that mess off. It might be your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your friend, your, your colleague, your neighbor, whoever it is, you got to cut that mess off. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, you got to be bold about it. I know people might get offended by it, but sometimes you got to be bold about it. Amen. I'm there, that man standing up there talking about praying, that, praying for that man, praying that old empty prayer. I'm just thinking to myself, Lord, shut him up. My goodness gracious, before he kills the man. I mean, what's good, good is that going to do? Get somebody up there who can pray the prayer of faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. You, listen, you got to be uncompromising about this, saints, because if you don't, you're not going to get results. The Bible says in James chapter 1, you got to pray, nothing doubting, for he that doubts is like the wind driven by the sea and tossed, and let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. That's not God's fault. Double-minded. Not going to get anything. you got to shut that mess down and say, Lord, I believe God. Amen? I believe God. Period. That's it. End of discussion. God said it. I believe it. That settles it for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God, amen. Saints, every single one of you, listen to me closely because this is important. Every single one of you is a healer. Amen. Every single one of you is a healer. You're a healer. You got the power of God operating in your life. You are a healer. Glory to God, amen. Don't let the devil steal your child, steal your loved one, steal from you. You come with the power of the name of Jesus, you can make things happen, amen? Glory to God. I mean, it's a shame people get beaten at the game of life. Satan just takes stuff from them because they don't understand that they got the authority to put them down. Glory to God. Let me quit, amen? But, but, but just get this in your spirit. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ, not some kind of casual, half-baked, half-made, church-going, cultural, Christian who just barely gets in and out of church on Sunday, and that's it. You are, you are a dynamic, born-again, baptized believer, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're supposed to walk in that authority and walk in that power. You got the name of Jesus on your side. Amen? Hallelujah. That's who you are. I tell people, no, 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 I don't identify with my blackness. I don't identify with a denomination. I don't identify. Look, I identify with Jesus. That's my identity. Glory to God. That's what makes you unique. That's what makes you different than the rest of the world. Not just you, but all in the body of Christ, except so many just don't know it. But you know it.
Now, you know what the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. That means when I preach this stuff to you now, boy, you, you, got, you got a mantle now. You got a mantle. You can't say, you, you'll never be able to stand before God and say, well, now, look, Lord, you know, I never heard that because God will play it right back for you. Ain't that your pastor? Did he, what did he just say?